Welcome to Women Waken, a podcast that helps you heal spiritually from trauma in relationships, childhood, and early life conditioning to shift from a place of codependency into a divine feminine state of love, harmony, and abundance. On Women Waken, we begin the journey to waken from the illusion of needing to prove our worth into the divine experience of knowing our worth. I'm your host, Whitney Walker. I'm a licensed mental health therapist, and I specialize in substance abuse, addiction, eating disorders, trauma, and spirituality. I'm also a fellow human being who has experienced most of the issues that I explore on this show. On today's Identify and Heal solo episode, I'm moving into another of what I'm now calling the Eight Swords, from the Eight of Swords in Tarot, the Eight Swords of Self-Entrapment. Today we're looking at the second sword, which is the fear of judgment. So I'm gonna help you identify where you're holding some resistance, some avoidance, moving forward on your path, moving forward to sharing your gifts, your creations, your ideas, pursuing new ventures due to a fear of being judged by others. So take a listen and enjoy. Hey everybody, happy Friday, Whitney here with an Identify and Heal solo episode. Before we get started, I just once again want to remind everybody to please reach out to me on Instagram at WomenWaken or you can email me, Whitney at WomenWaken.com with inquiries to work together. We could have a consultation call and find out if any of my topics or episodes resonate with you. If you're looking for some guidance, we can figure out how we can make that happen. Or if you'd like to submit a story about synchronicity or coincidences, serendipity, that sort of thing. Okay, now let's get into today's topic. So I've decided I want to do a series around this. A few weeks ago, I released an episode on self-doubt, about ditching our doubts. And I can't tell you all how many messages are coming in so quickly in meditation, but also just it's it's all over online, on YouTube videos, on Instagram, through different mediums. I'm finding these same messages where it really is the shedding, the clearing out of old energy, the making space for the new, releasing so we can step in. It's it's I feel like it's been talked about for a long time, but it's actually happening now. And more and more tools and means of doing so are becoming accessible. So I just feel really floored on this idea of let's figure out, let's identify what's holding us back, what we need to shed and get rid of it. So the self-doubt episode I now consider to be the first of what will be eight episodes total on the eight swords of self-entrapment. Eight swords of self-entrapment. I got the Eight of Swords when I was doing a spread for New Year's. And of course, nobody wants to see that. <laughs> Who wants to see the Eight of Swords for, yay, it's a new year, here we go, oh, and I'm trapped <laughs> in a self-imposed prison. Great. Yet, let's be real. Most of us are trapped in a self-imposed prison. Wah, wah. It sucks, yet it's 
part of, I don't know if any of you followed the link that I put up for this amazing channeled transmission that this woman, Jocelyn Starfeather, the Sacred Planet channel on YouTube did about the last, what was it, 80,000 years or something of humanity. And it talked about the rise and fall of ancient civilizations. And in that she says that this specific iteration of the human species is the most depraved that has ever been because it was literally seeded by fear. It was started by individuals who survived the fall of the last civilization and therefore saw the destruction, the violence, the atrocities, and were essentially afraid of themselves. As they recreated a new world, they did it with fear, fear of themselves. And there's no greater or more detrimental fear than that. And if you look around our world and maybe in your own personal experience, you probably understand that feeling of being afraid of yourself, afraid that you're going to have tendencies that might be harmful or hurtful or impactful in a negative way that might be violent, that you might ruin everything for yourself, that you might be too caught in anger, too caught in frustration, resentment, whatever it might be. A lot of us are afraid of ourselves. And it even, it's interesting because it even stems back to the tenets of major religions, right? Catholicism is based in the idea that we are born sinners, that we are born of sin and we have to spend our life trying to reclaim and atone for our sins. This was not the case in past civilizations. Past civilizations knew that they were whole and pure and of love. And anything else was just a step outside of, of their true self and true essence. Anyways, I reintroduce you to this and encourage you again to watch that video, whether or not you align with it. I mean, this is, was a transmission. It just really, just like really got me. It really felt to me like it was speaking some truths. And who knows what the real truth is of the human history and past. If there was someone who was a witness to the past 80,000 years and could sit down and tell us, that would be incredible. Yet what I figure is since we can't do that, whatever feels aligned with us probably at least has some tones or elements of truth to what we've incurred. The idea that humanity has existed before and died out and been recreated makes sense to me. And I feel that humanity as we know it now, the human species that lives on planet Earth, what is there, 8.2 billion of us now, is not the first time that the planet was fully populated. Maybe it's the most populated it's ever been. I'm not sure. Anyways, my point is, I'm going back to the self-entrapment thing. We do this to ourselves because we were born of fear. We are born with so much messaging that we should be afraid of ourselves, be afraid of others, be afraid of circumstances, be afraid of the planet, that everything could kill us and hurt us and harm us, and oh, also that we deep down are sinners and evil. So it's, you know, it's the rough set of circumstances we come into, yet we are having a moment of reclamation. Those of us who are becoming aware that these were all falsehoods, that these are not the truth, the ultimate truth of humanity, of the human species, of anything in existence, that everything in existence is of pure love, that you can trust yourself, and hey, guess what? That you also are a brilliant being who has something very spectacular, very unique, and very imperative to offer at this time. In order to unleash that, as I said last week, you shed. But what I'm focusing on now is actually identifying one by one, whether you call it the layers that you're shedding or the eight swords around you. 
pull those dang things out of the ground and toss them aside and say, I am not going to be imprisoned any longer by these falsehoods. The eight swords of self-entrapment. One of them is self-doubt. We keep ourselves pinned up, chained up by the idea that we are not good enough, that we're not worthy. Those are our self-doubts. Another one, this is the one I'm going to cover today, is the fear of judgment. As I said, we were born with the idea that we should be afraid of ourselves, yet also be afraid of others, what others might think of us, whether we'll be accepted or rejected by others is a dire case for all of us. We believe that our acceptance by the tribe, by the community, by the village, by the group is tied to our survival. So we have a deep fear and a long ancestral line of having a fear of judgment by others because judgment can mean being persecuted, being killed, being cast out. This can still happen. We can say the wrong thing. Cancel cancel culture is fervent right now. It's very much alive. It's That's a whole topic in and of itself, and everybody has their own thoughts on it. I'm not going to get into it today, but we can all agree that it's definitely rising high right now. It's having a big wave through public sectors, through social media, through all of that. So we have a right to be afraid of judgment. However, here's the thing. There's a difference between doing something you know deep down is not aligned with your truth and is not aligned with the highest good and doing it anyways. And sometimes the people that commit those sort of acts aren't doing any self-reflecting. They're only thinking about what their needs are and what they want. Therefore, they're not considering, huh, maybe this isn't for the highest good or the highest decision I could make. However, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're on your spiritual path, it's imperative that you learn to trust and love yourself enough to let go of the judgments that others might have of what you are doing and who you are. As long as you are in integrity, as long as you feel aligned with your core beliefs, the true beliefs, not your core false beliefs that you're not worthy, not good enough. I'm not talking about those. Aligned with your value system, your personal value system, your personal truths, your personal beliefs, as long as you're acting in alignment with those, with your heart, and working to be aligned with your higher power, with your higher self, we need to learn to let go of other people's judgments because there will be judgments. Probably anyone who is on their spiritual path has had the experience of friends or family members or colleagues or partners who don't get it. They don't understand or maybe they don't agree with. Maybe they are upset by some of your new ideas or concepts or focus. It's very common for people to write it off as whimsical and woo and stupid and silly and indicates that you're not intelligent and blah, 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 blah. I've heard it all. I am not saying that that is the case. I'm saying that that's the judgment that we can often receive. I'll give my own little personal story before I proceed in trying to share some tips and ideas about how to identify your sword of the fear of judgment and then pull it out of the ground. 
like King Arthur. <laughs> Get rid of it. Or use it. Use it to your power. Transform. Transform that limitation into a attribute. So when I started Women Waken, I was having my awakening. I was on my spiritual path. It was getting going. This was about four years ago now. Four years ago at this time, that was before the big C struck, right? Because that struck, what, mid-March and we're in January. I had gotten my first tarot deck on the first day of 2020 at that New Year's party I've talked about on the show. I was studying tarot. I had a spiritual coach who was very into the idea of the divine feminine. And all of a sudden, I was hearing about the divine feminine left, left, right, up, down, center. It was everywhere. And I was feeling it. I was like, yes, yes, this is exactly what it is. This is what I've always felt. There's such an imbalance here. We've got all of one thing here, which feels like fear and greed and power hungriness and none of the other stuff, which is like the sacredness of life and harmony and caring for one another and compassion. Like where the heck is that? Why don't we value that? Why is there not more of that present? You've heard me talk about this. So that's where I was at. Fast forward to pandemic hits. I end up working from home with the jobs I had at the time, which I was a clinical manager of a drug and alcohol IOP. And I'd started working at a private practice that a friend owned. And I realized pretty quickly that I could do that on my own. You know, I originally had had been very nervous about starting my own private practice because I thought that means op- renting a space, furnishing it, you know, taking care of all the logistical stuff and all the tax stuff. And I was like, and the marketing stuff. And I thought, no way. But then when it became virtual, I realized there's only a few steps here and I could do it myself and be a business owner. And that kind of flexibility and opportunity really intrigued me. So before I opened it, my first step was to set to was to get to work thinking about, well, let's start with a website because that'll help me encapsulate my vision, my purpose, my mission statement for my personal private practice. And I knew I wanted it to be on the spiritual side. And so I was trying to figure out how to do that where it was still approachable to people because I also I specialize in addiction and recovery, right? So I didn't want it to scare away people too much, yet I also wanted it to, it to invite people in who were spiritually curious and it's particularly women who were feeling the same way I was because I knew they were out there. I knew there were other women that were ready to come together and begin to make this shift, this transition into the age of the return of the divine feminine. I knew it. So I was trying to find that balance And so I was thinking about what name to use. And I originally wanted to make a website just called WhitneyWalker.com. And my friend, who's a successful business owner, this this guy, he told me, don't use your name. He's like, if you want to build a brand or a business, find a business name and use that because that can grow. If you do a website based on your name, it's just based on you being a therapist with a practice. It's It ends there. And I thought that's a good point because you know what? The reason I want to draw in people on their spiritual path is because that's what I want to branch into. Therapy is beautiful, sacred work, but I've always known I wanted to do something much broader to reach many more people, to share concepts and ideas and offer healing and guidance and connect people and be a, create a resource center for people. So I knew it was beyond just therapy. So I thought, okay, what's a name that encapsulates all this? And to be honest, I did... When I wanted to name my website Whitney Walker, I really love my alliterated initials. <laughs> if anybody else has alliteration in your name, you know that it's kind of fun. 
And I also love the W's. I love that they point upwards. They just seem, I just always felt like it was a powerful letter. So I was stoked <laughs> that I had two of them in my name. Anyways, so I sat down and I was putting all these combinations. I was like, all right, what are some W words? Like, what if I found a title for my business that was WW, like two W words, just like my name, but something meaningful based in the divine feminine, blah, blah, blah. So I went over and over and over and over. And I finally decided that it was either World Waken or Women Waken. And to be honest, I wasn't that excited about it because woke had become such a big term. And so everything was about your awakening or woken and all that stuff. And then when I t began to tell people, they were like, that's kind of clumsy. Like I, I want to say awaken rather than woken. And is woken even a word? And I was like, yes, it's a word. <laughs> waken, sorry. Waken is a word. I looked it up. You can look it up. I just couldn't let go of it though. I knew it was weird. I knew people were going to trip over it. It was going to be clumsy in terms of pronouncing it or always mis misstating it. And I knew people were going to think it was weird. <laughs> I knew other people in my life who didn't know me very, who didn't know about my spiritual path, who just knew me as a therapist. When they found out I was opening a private practice called Women Waken, we're going to say, uh, what? <laughs> oh gosh. My point of this whole story, one, is to just let you know, because this is a part of my path and my story. And if you're listening to this podcast, you might have been listening to me for a while now. I know that I always love when I listen to shows regularly or get to know people, I love hearing their stories. Maybe that's just me. I've always been a sucker. That's why I was really drawn to therapy is I love hearing people's detailed stories of their life. It just fascinates me. And I just like to get to know people and how people are different and unique. So I just thought I would share this. So that's how Women Waken came to be. And a lot of people did kind of say, oh, that's, uh, that's interesting. This brings me back to the topic of this episode, judgment. I cannot tell you how many nights I spent not able to sleep because I was thinking about all the people that were potentially seeing my website. Once I launched it, I launched it in August of 2020. I was thinking about people I went to high school with. I was thinking about older friends. I was thinking about just anybody in my life. I was thinking about guys in particular. I've always had trouble being really concerned with the judgment of men because I grew up with a very neglectful father who didn't give me the time of day and never seemed interested in me. I grew up being bullied by guys, being called ugly, undesirable. I was rejected by guys most for the first half of my life. And I was just afraid of them. I thought they... I didn't really know how to interact with them or I didn't think that I had anything to offer them or they had any interest to me. So I would do, I would fawn, right? Which reminds me, that's an episode I've been meaning to do are the different type of trauma responses, flight, fight, fawn, and freeze. So I'm definitely a fawner. <laughs> and for those who don't know, again, I'm going to speak to this more in an episode. Fawning means that you... I don't want to say worship, but when you think of fawning, right, someone's just, oh, you're so wonderful. Like, you're so, oh, wow. Tell me more about this. That's what I've always done with men because I didn't think that they had any interest in me. So I almost felt like I didn't exist. And I just, I only existed to like stroke their ego and to ask them questions and learn about them. So I've had a deep fear of judgment from men, of them thinking I was weird or stupid or unattractive or what was I even doing there? Because when I was younger, I would get bullied and like if I tried to go out with my friends, people would always be like, what is, what is Whitney doing here? Why is she even here? So I always like felt like I had to apologize for my existence <laughs> or my presence. And clearly it left a lot of drama because I'm still talking about it and still healing it. And I offer this because maybe some of you have had those experiences. Some of the people get that experience from their family, 
They feel the outcast. They feel unwanted. They feel uncared for. It's, you know, really, really detrimental experience. Anyways, I, I offer this because that was, that's my fear of judgment. I remember I didn't even want to send my, a link to my website to certain colleagues that I had who were kind of like the cooler guys and, you know, kind of knew me as, because, you know, we all have different parts of ourselves and some people just knew me as a therapist that was focused on recovery and I was, had a good sense of humor and that I was fun, but they didn't know this side of me, that I have a strong spiritual inclination and all of this. So I was really reluctant. I have found over the years, though, that people have been much more receptive. And also, like I talked about last week, people just don't care. As I said, I'm working on just getting over myself because I I lived in fear because, again, it's a protective mechanism. We start to believe that we just don't matter and that people are going to kick us out, that people are not going to care for us, that we're going to be rejected. We're going to be judged. And judge means that we won't survive, that we won't be welcomed or loved. So I learned to fear it, but now I'm learning more and more that it's okay. It's okay for people to think that you're weird. It's fine. It's okay for people to judge you. Do you know that? It's okay for people to judge. Even if somebody came back and said, what the fuck is women waking? That's a that's some fucking weird shit. I could say, cool. Yeah. And I love it. And I'm really into it. And I'm really proud of it. It's okay. And deep within me, my inner child used to feel, oh, no, 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 no. People can't think that. They can't think that because then I'm not going to be welcomed and I'm not going to be loved and I'm going to be left out in the cold. We learn to shift our perspective to understand that who we are, just as we are, is okay. And we can survive judgment. I also want to clarify and encourage that this goes way beyond just having people look at you funny because you're incorporating new spiritual concepts and beliefs or practices into your life. This goes into everything. The fear of judgment can come from so many different sources because really it's coming from judgment about our beliefs. All of our behaviors are created and based on what we believe in. Everything we do is because we hold a belief about that. And as I speak to, we have to believe so much in our own heart, in our own intuition, in our own guidance, that we let go of whether or not people judge our beliefs that create our behaviors. If we believe in them, if we truly think, I know that this is the highest action for me because I believe in what I'm doing, learning to let go of what anybody else might think of it can truly transform your life. Because think of this, beliefs create your actions around how you raise your children, how you choose to take care of yourself, what you choose to eat, how you choose to move your body. These days, people will argue with you about every single one of your choices and actions and beliefs that you might hold. Yet again, at a certain point, we have to let go of judgment if we really believe in what we're doing. And this fear of judgment also has to do with just flat out being ourselves. 
I was always so self-conscious because people would tell me that I was annoying and stupid because I've always been very enthusiastic and gotten really excited. People have told me my whole life that I'm a spaz. They still tell me that at 38. (laughs) I thought I'd chill out a bit, but it's just who I am. This is what comes out. And I've learned that I just have to trust that. I realize it can be a little much for some people. And again, that's okay. That's okay. Because I've also had people tell me that they love my energy and they love my enthusiasm. I've had many people throughout my life tell me, you are such a bright light in my life. And I have to remember that when I have other people who tell me that I'm obnoxious and that I'm too much and that maybe I need to calm down a little bit or chill out. (laughs) And sure, there's times and places where I have needed to chill out and calm down. Yet, I'm sure there's those of you listening who have heard the same thing. And my wish for you is that you are able to celebrate exactly who you are, even if it's been judged. And we know, we know that this fires on all three cylinders, mind, body, and soul. We know, we all know that people will judge you in every possible way about how you look physically. It's our biggest preoccupation on this planet because we're so attached to externals. We give all value to externals for the most part, rather than what's inside somebody. So it is most frequent that we're judged for how we look, whether it's our body type, our face, even the way that we choose to dress ourselves or do our hair or our makeup or anything about us. People will always have something to say. Yet, if you think about it, some of the people that, have, that are pioneers of different trends or styles that encourage body acceptance, they had to move through a lot of judgment by saying what at the time were radical statements or by wearing or doing something that seemed that people didn't like, that people judged, that people criticized, and then what do you know, it became commonplace. This is even more emphasized, however, when it comes to the soul, right? Because this is where our true essence comes forward. This is where we express what we really believe in, what we want to create. And if you look back in history, the most prominent names in our history books are people who had a message inside of them. They had a sentiment from their heart that they believed in so deeply that they were persecuted and they were killed, yet they still didn't give up or let go or concede from that declaration, even though they were judged so harshly that they were killed, that they were cast out. This goes for the Christ story, Joan of Arc, even women in the Salem witch trials and men that were also killed during that time who refused to say that they were doing anything that was with the devil or that was a dark magic because they knew either some of them straight up weren't doing it (laughs) throughout the whole witch trials all over the world millions of people were killed and most of them didn't do anything and those brave souls were willing to die from that judgment from people saying pointing their fingers and saying you are this and they said no I'm not 
So I'm not saying you have to die for what comes from your soul. And most likely you will not. Nowadays, we have come a long way in that regard. Not completely. You can absolutely be killed for your beliefs or your presentation still to this day in certain parts of our world. Yet many of us, it is safe. It is safe to hold our ground and say, no, I'm not going to change what I said. I'm not going to take back what I believe in because I fundamentally care about it and believe in it and feel it to be true. This is also the way that revolutions happen. People blaze a new trail. People create a new concept. They offer a new way of thinking and doing and being in the world. And people say, whoa, whoa, that's interesting. Some people will condemn it because it scares them. We talked about that, how judgment typically comes from fear. But other people will revere in it. They'll revel in it and they'll say, oh my gosh, this is revelatory. This is remarkable. And if you are that person with the revelation, with the amazing monumental idea or concept, I hope that you won't back down because of judgment when people are telling you that you're wrong. I mean, think about the Crusades and all these times throughout our history where just because people didn't believe and go, or go along with what everybody else said was right, that people held their ground, they were killed. That people said that you had to believe a certain way they, or they would judge you. And if people hadn't stood up for themselves, that could have gone on forever. So just wanted to offer that as well, is that this goes beyond being brave enough to not worry about judgment in your work. That, of course, is important because, hey, that's still an expression of your essence, of your soul, especially if you're on your spiritual path. But anything that you want to do and exactly how you are, be it, do it, be brave enough to let go of judgment, let go of that fear of judgment. I know it's not easy, yet I know you can do it. I just know that you can. I believe in you. It's like that... That quote, dance like no one is watching. Who the fuck cares? If you're having a good time and you're not hurting anybody, who cares? (laughs) Hold your beliefs. Have your behaviors. Think what you want to think. Mind, body, and soul. It's time to release judgment around any of those things because who is anybody to judge you? If you're doing what you love and what you believe in and what you believe to be true and aligned with who you are and your values and your morals and your lifestyle, then what you eat, how you raise your kids, how you live your life, the work you want to do, the practices you have, none of it matters when it comes to others' judgments if you feel in integrity with it. So we identify, we find out where is your fear of judgment? Where is it and how is it holding you back? How is it acting as one of your eight of swords? One of your swords of self-entrapment, that's keeping you from putting yourself out there, that's keeping you from doing your own unique, beautiful thing in this world. Again, we find ourselves in such an unfortunate state where so many people are terrified to be themselves. We're terrified to be different because we're not very kind to people who are different. We're not very nice. Most people kind of scoff at them or don't understand them or are mean or rude. So we all kind of try to hide and fit into the perfect boxes to never be ridiculed. Yet, as I've said before, this is the time of the divine rebel. I heard that in a reading a few years ago and I was like, that's it. 
That's fucking it. I'm taking it. That's my crown. The divine rebel. You are likely a divine rebel, a divine angel, divine whatever you want to be, a rebel of whatever cause you want to be for. It's the time of the spiritual rebel. Those of us who are saying, you know what? Fuck it. I know what I'm about. I know what's in my heart. I know my true spiritual gifts. I know the guidance I've gotten. I know what in my heart feels true about where we are as a species right now and what is most needed at this time. So I'm going to move forward and I'm going to bring my ideas out and I'm going to find and commune with other women or other people, with my tribe, with my community, and I'm not going to hold back. I'm not going to hold back anymore because I've lived my life entrapped by these fears and I've lived my life worried that judgment was going to be the end of me and was going to keep me being unhappy and without love or companionship. Yet it's most likely that that fear, the fear itself is what has kept you, if anything. So take off those shackles, shed those layers, pull out that sword. (laughs) Sorry, I'm getting a little overboard with all the analogies, but hey, like I've said, whatever resonates with you, maybe one more than the other. Identify what it is. What's your fear of judgment? Where does that sit with you? Where does that reside? What does it look like for you? Is it telling your family about a big change you want to make? Maybe it's moving into being a spiritual entrepreneur and leaving your nine to five, your safe, cushy job. A lot of people don't respond well to changes like that. Maybe it's picking up and becoming a nomad and wanting to just travel the country and go wherever you're called. People judge. It's what we do because we're all afraid. We judge when we don't understand. Sometimes people judge if they're jealous. Some people judge if they feel intimidated. It helps them feel bigger. It helps them feel better than. Yet here's another thing. Probably the greatest way to remove the fear of judgment is to make a point to not judge others and to take note when you do judge others and ask yourself, what is this about? Because we only truly judge others, as I said, when we're afraid. If it's because we want to feel better, it's because we're afraid that we're not better and that someone else is better than us. This is a tough one for me. I told you all that I work really hard to not ever tell a lie, <laughs> to watch when if a lie is like gurgling up in my throat and I want to say something that's not a whole truth, I stop and consider it. Unfortunately, judgments don't have to be spoken. They just can run around in your head, right? And it's remarkable how many judgments can come up in a day. I, I challenge you to check, to keep a tab one day, keep a tally of how many times you have judgments. And if you're only doing it for others, that's one thing. But if you're doing it for others and yourself, whew, you might be pretty busy. But I hope not. I hope that you're at a beautiful place where you're not judging others and yourself so much. And that says a lot about you. That's one of the greatest indicators of someone who has truly done a lot of their work and healed, probably right next to being reactive and resentment. That's another indicator that we're still, we still got some, some stuff to do. Because reactiveness means that we're still operating from a place of, of lack or wounding. But don't worry. I'm right there with you. I'm in, you know, I'm still healing too. And I still have a job helping others. And that's okay. We don't have to be fully healed in order to, in order to help others. Right? It's actually a beautiful thing to admit where we are in our path 
in our healing journey. Because guess what? I may not be all the way there yet, but I've come a long way. And I am sure that you have as well. I'm sure that you are not where you were two years ago or five years ago or 10 years ago. I bet yourself 15 years ago would look at you now and say, dang, wow. Whoa, I never thought I would be that happy or that much more at peace or that much more evolved or enlightened. And you're probably doing some stuff now that yourself 15 years ago would say, what the heck? I would never have guessed that, which is pretty cool. Okay. So we notice where we're judging others because when we extinguish that behavior, when we discontinue that, I'm going to call it, I'm going to call it an addiction. A lot of us can be addicted to judging others. Again, I know I have that tendency. I don't even like to go online because I immediately have this comparison brain where I'm like, oh, they're, they're doing, they're better. They're better. They're better. They're better. Well, what they're, 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 they're not that great. And I'm like, why am I judging? Why can't I just let people do wonderful, amazing things? It's a built-in defense mechanism. It's a response. We, if we were raised in a totally safe, embracing, loving environment, none of these things would have developed. Remember that. Don't forget. Don't forget that who you are is not your fault. You didn't choose this. None of us chose our insecurities. None of us chose our tendencies. Yet it's like the saying goes that I've actually seen quite a few times recently, the statement that says, your, what happened to you is not your fault. Your trauma is not your fault. Yet it's your responsibility to do the healing so that you're not acting on or acting from a place of wounding and hurt, which is often what causes judgmental behavior, anger, being rude, inconsiderate. It is our work to begin healing. Yet allow for the fact that healing takes time. It is a process. It happens over time. We need to give ourselves credit for where we've come, how far we've come, but not be too critical when we feel like, goodness gracious, how am I still dealing with this? Most likely, your fear of judgment is better than it was again, a year ago, two years ago, five years ago. It's going to be even better by the end of this year, by 2030, by 2040. My goodness. (laughs) Wild to think where we'll be at that time with how rapidly things are changing. So we identify where we are most sensitive to judgment. What are we, what are we, where is it holding us back the most? What is something where you realize I am flat out holding back or avoiding this because I'm afraid of what people might think. I'm afraid of what people might say, that they might say it's stupid, that they might say it's dumb, that they might say it's too crazy and too woo and nonsense, that it's never going to work, whatever it is. What fear of judgment is holding you back? And what is it based in? Where is that fear coming from? Everything comes down to a core source, a core false belief. When we're afraid of judgment, again, it's mostly because we're afraid that if we're judged, I mean, people will think a certain way of us, they'll reject us, we'll be cast out, and we won't be loved, we won't belong, we won't be a part of, and human beings will always yearn to be a part of, because that's what we are, ultimately, is a part of the whole. 
And we always are. But in the human experience, we can imagine that we're not. And that is a horrific feeling. People can die. Loneliness kills. A sense of rejection can lead people to such terrible places. People need to be embraced and loved and accepted in order to truly thrive. So let's not allow for fear of judgment to hold us back. In addition, you've heard me say, I I know I touched on the rebel thing, but y'all, you have something so beautiful to bring forward. You have something that so many people are going to love. Not everybody. Like I said the other day, you're not for everybody. And that's okay. People are going to judge you. And guess what? That's okay. People can say whatever the heck they want. Your gift is beautiful and your people will find you. Someone's going to fucking love that book you're going to release that year, this year, that new deck of cards that you're going to release this year, this podcast that you're going to release next year. Some people will love it. And is it worth not doing just because there might be a sector of society that doesn't love it. If you think of anybody that you admire or look at anybody who's had fame and acclaim, can you imagine if they were stopped because of a fear of judgment? Because guess what? They're fucking judged. Anyone with a big platform is so incredibly, they get so much judgment and criticism and grief from, you can call them internet trolls, from haters, whatever you want to call it. They get more than anybody else because that's what happens when you rise that high. You have such a big audience, such so many people know of you that that judgment's going to pour in. What if they stopped, right? What if your favorite performer or creator, what if they didn't ever take the risk or make the move to do what they did because they were so afraid? They said, oh, I just can't handle this judgment. It's too painful. It's too scary. They had, at a certain moment, they had to say, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to focus on the people who love me because that's what anybody with a big audience has, right? Look at someone like Taylor Swift. She is having this huge moment. She's freaking worldwide, global, blowing up, just, just a juggernaut, right? She has people who criticize everything she's ever done. She has huge amounts of people who are saying, she's so annoying. I don't like her. I hate her music. The litany of criticism could go on and on and on forever. But she also has people who absolutely adore her. She means the world to so many people. She inspires so many people. Yet she had to have the courage to say, I'm pushing forward. I know what I can be. I know my potential. I'm not going to let this big group of haters and people who don't get me, who don't see me, who don't understand what I'm about, I'm not going to let them stop me because I have this whole beautiful group of lovely souls who do. That's an extreme extreme example. But you know what I'm saying? You know, don't let that small portion of people who won't understand you or won't like you or might judge you stop you. And when you receive judgment, that's okay. If people say that you're weird, that's okay. I used to think that it wasn't okay for people to say that. I used to think that I wanted to be in a place where no one could say anything bad about me. (laughs) That's insane. That's insane, you all. It's insane to think that you can live out your life and walk this world and never get a single bit of judgment or criticism. But I thought I needed 100% approval rating, which led me to be very unhappy (laughs) and very disappointed every day because guess what? I got plenty of freaking criticism and I still do and I still will. 
and it stings, but I'm learning to push through it. I'm learning to let go of that fear of judgment and say, hey, you got to allow the good with the bad. You got to allow for the negative feedback with the positive feedback and decide to focus on the good. As I've talked about the theme for this year, focus on what you desire and what you want. Those people who support you and champion you and cheer you on, they're what you want. That phrase that I've stated before as well, thank you, more of that please. We affirm the things that are working for us. When people give us compliments, when people give us a good review on our work, when people say that they enjoyed a podcast episode, we say thank you. Thank you for that beautiful feedback. And then we say to our guides and and the universe, we say, thank you, more of that, please. And if we get some flack or some negative comments, we say, okay, all right, that's, I'm going to let, I'm going to, I saw it. I'm going to let it go. Let it go. I don't need to focus on that. We don't focus on it. Just like when we have negative thoughts, we can either choose to hold it and let that seed of negativity grow, or we toss it aside and keep focusing, keep moving towards the positive. I wish that for all of you. I wish for all of you to be able to pull this sword of the fear of judgment out to know that you are good enough and it's time to release all that you have kept safely locked away in your heart. This is a message that I read this week that really, really touched me. It is time to release all that you have kept safely locked away in your heart. Those are the exact things that you came here to share and to bring. Don't keep them locked away just because somebody might judge it. Just because, somebody, just because somebody might not like it or appreciate it or they might criticize it. Your true essence and potential have been restricted by structure and method long enough. Just be you. That's the rest of the quote. Your true essence and potential have been restricted by structure and method. Think about that, you guys. We literally have this giant beam, this part of the universe, of source, literally within us that has been locked away, that has been restricted. It's held back by these eight swords. Don't hold it back anymore. No, we can't afford to lock away these gifts. This world needs it now more than ever. Humanity needs it more than ever. Be a light into the world. Let that light out. Don't restrict it anymore. Don't lock it away. Don't keep it held back by structures and methods about who we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to do. All right, everybody. So this sword number two, the fear of judgment, see how you can identify where you're most afraid of judgment and also see how you can reduce your own judgments because we're going to attract more of what we are putting out, right? If we're constantly judging everything we see, of course, we're going to get, feel like we're being pummeled by judgments because it's what we're attuned to. Release that. Start everything you see, start saying something nice about it wow, that person has done a beautiful job and they're getting a lot of recognition. That's incredible, the work that they're doing. Rather than, what are they doing that's so great? (laughs) How did they get there? So I wish you all a beautiful weekend, a beautiful week, wherever you are when you listen to this. I hope that this was helpful. Have a beautiful day. Take care. That wraps up our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening to Women Waken. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others and come back for more. If you'd like to connect with the Women Waken community, you can find us on Instagram at Women Waken. And if you follow Women Waken, you can get a free tarot card reading if you just send a DM. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget to let your unique light shine into this world.